it's your girl Natasha, and this is the the new YBF Politics Vertical. And so now we are doing a podcast within that vertical, another one with another fabulous guest that you all must know. If you don't already know, you're about to know. And it does not matter if you live in this person's district or not. You can always help out if you feel like she's an amazing candidate, which she is, and you can tell your friends that do live in her district to get it popping at the polls for her. So we're about to meet an amazing woman who is running for Texas House of Representatives in District 54. And we're gonna get into exactly how important state politics are, not just presidential, not just federal, but the state politics and what she is trying to bring to the table and how she is about to make history, okay? So please welcome to the show, Ms. Kiki Williams. Hello. 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 Hello, It's an honor to be here. And I thank you. I thank you for bringing awareness to um, the voting here in Texas because it is a battleground state. Yeah, it is. It is. So Kiki told me, um, Miss Williams told me um, that um, she's been a fan of YBF since like the get. And I'm just, y'all, like it floored me because you just don't realize how many people you reach when you do what you do. So I'm happy that we provided some tea and some fun for you and the crew while you were deployed, when you were an African-American woman. Yes, (laughs) yes. That's that's amazing and it's an honor. So thank you for your service. Thank you, Natasha. (laughs) (laughs) So I wanna get into the reasons why you're running what exactly we know what your platform is but i want you to put it into your own words for for the for the readers and the listeners um and i want to just talk about what you want to bring to the table that is different from the incumbent so before we start i want to make everyone aware that um like like kiki said this is a battleground state the position that she is fighting for the incumbent is a republican so she has the opportunity to flip the seat blue which is amazing if you know anything about politics we need nine seats (laughs) nine very competitive seats to uh, flip texas blue so it is extremely important that we get everyone who's legally the citizens out who are over 18 years of age and older that they're out there at the voting polls. Yes, yes. And the incumbent is a Republican male who actually graduated from my alma mater, so Texas A&M University. So I already know, that's all I need to know about this person there. And all I know is he was not the progressive candidate that many of us would want to see in that position, okay? So Kiki, please tell us what you would bring to the table as the representative of your district. Well, first, Natasha, I want to explain, we need to just go back to my upbringing because it's really important that young ladies understand that they can run for a position as well. Just because you're in a situation doesn't mean that you have to stay in that type of environment. I was born and raised in Tampa, Florida by my grandmother. My grandmother raised me because my mother gave birth to me at the tender age of 15. So I resided in a house with my aunts and uncles, which it was a total of nine of us. But my parents, they reunited. My father joined the army. 
and I reunited with my parents in Anchorage, Alaska at the age of 13. I was going to ask you how, what, what that life was like. Like, who, who's a black teenager growing up in Alaska? Who? <laughs> there, there are several military bases to include Army and Air Force uh, in the state of Alaska, but it's a beautiful state, and I truly enjoyed myself. I still keep in contact with my friends, but after high school, I didn't want to burden my parents. Um, I'm a young adult at that age, so I wanted to serve my country, and that's why I originally joined the Army. And the uniqueness about my experience serving our country is that I was able to serve as an enlisted soldier as well as a commissioned officer. So what that entails is I joined as a private, private first class. However, I retired after 24 years as a captain. Right. And I served my country in contingencies in Iraq and Afghanistan to include humanitarian missions in Bosnia and Africa, where we provided aid to the locals of that country. But after my retirement, I switched gears to serving my community, and that's where I'm at now. But our voice within this district, your representatives should represent the diversity within your area. And our voice is not being heard in Austin. And I've always led from the front to coming home. I, I was the bus patrol wearing the orange bus and um, teaching school on the front porch like I'm the teacher. So leadership is instilled in me. And although I retired, I still, I have a different formation now and they're the constituents here in House District 54 and I'm just so ready to serve. And I was gonna bring up your, the diversity of your district. You represent the Killeen area, which has Fort Hood, which is one of the largest military bases. In it is the largest. Um, it is the largest. So yes. you are a military veteran, also a mom and also a wife and those things. But what I thought was interesting is that the incumbent is from the agriculture world. And so to represent that area where there are clearly plenty, tons of military families, who better than someone who comes from that? Not only from the child perspective, you grew up in a military family, but you also deployed yourself. You were also in the military. Wouldn't that make you the perfect representation? So what is it that's missing, um, that isn't being heard, that isn't being carried out? What is needed from those military families that they're not being heard um, and it's not being brought to Austin, the capital, their, their desires and needs? What is it that you're going, where's that blank that you're going to fill? Too easy, transparency and listening. And that's what I've been doing since running my campaign. You have to get out in the streets to listen to the people because I always say, I constantly say, if you haven't felt the pain that the individuals are suffering in your district, then it's really gonna be hard for you to make a change. And transparency, just stand into communication with the constituents and being connected with the citizens here. But if you're not here listening, you can't take their issues to the table. And that's the only thing that they, they're asking for here in House District 54. Actually listen, right. Yes. Um, so that brings me to 
um, what caught my eye about your campaign is when you were on the front lines kind of about um, and protesting and holding up signs and making people aware about the case surrounding Private Vanessa Gillen. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her last name right, um, but Private Vanessa Gillen, who her case has rocked the nation at this point. Um, she went missing um, as a Fort Hood soldier um, and basically it felt like a lot of people felt like the Fort Hood administrators are trying to sweep it under the rug. Her family's not trying to let that happen. People like you are not trying to let that happen. Um, there's been now things coming out about her filing sexual assault reports against a certain other soldier who is now maybe who was a suspect who has now committed suicide. There, this is a big case. And like you said, the transparency and listening a lot of people felt like they weren't being listened to, including her family. Right. You tell me what you think about this case and what you would be doing differently. Well, as a soldier, we always recite our warrior ethos. I'll always place the mission first. I'll never quit. I'll never leave a fallen comrade. And because I lived to this for 24 years, now is the time to react. Mm -hmm. And as a leader, you have to have that two-way form of communication. And that's what the family, they stated they were not receiving from the leadership at Fort Hood. So when the case came here, I was approached and as a veteran, she's a soldier, I felt it my will that I needed to be there to speak for her in her absence because I've always recited I'll never leave a fallen comrade and that would make me a hypocrite. But the family, they're looking for answers. We need to ensure that justice is served on her behalf because that's the right thing to do. Right. What do you think you have having served in that position or in, in the military in general? What? And I, I have a lot of friends and family who also have served, and some still do. And they've, you know, they can't tell me everything, obviously, but there's this overarching. Um, understanding that they kind of always hint to that you can't really shake the table you can't really go in there making demands and saying you need to be doing this you need to be doing that to your superiors but now that you're not in that particular position what do you feel where was the ball dropped and and how do we um the citizens help with situations like this we we're watching kind of like superior superiors kind of flex their power and what can and can't be done um, within their ranks in the US military. And it kind of just makes us citizens feel hopeless. Like, well, dang, like y'all just gonna let some girl go missing and possibly be dead and no, nobody's gonna do anything about it. What, what can be done? How do we prevent this? Well, the leaders first, they have to listen to the soldiers and um, I'm not sure if the soldier reported um, her incident as far as to there's a sexual harassment advocate within the units. Oh, okay. And yes, there's it's titled SHARP. So those are located within every military base, the Army base, regarding sexual harassment and assault. But our leadership have a responsibility to take action. And regarding Vanessa's case, we just need to continue to push for justice and her family deserves the answers that, that they're constantly asking for. What happened to their daughter? The mother informed me that she 
wanted to receive her daughter in the same manner that she gave the army to. Right. Right. And it's just heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. Um, and I'm hoping that if you are in that position as the representative of this district that, you know, I don't know how much, how much pull that a politician can have in the U.S. military, but I hope that something differently can be done. Um, yes, you have to react in a timely manner. Mm -hmm. It cannot just sit. Right. right. And I have been in a situation, Natasha, where um, my soldier took his life in front of me. And I stayed in contact with the mother. And it's something hard to deal with. Um, so you, you must stay in contact uh, with the family so that you can ease any rumors or miscommunication, just to put them at ease. Because as a mother, you will want to know what's going on with your child. Mm -hmm. Right. Ugh, it is heartbreaking. Um, I do want to talk about um, foreign affairs. So, and I don't know how, how, how deeply you get into this, but one of the questions that other people have brought to me is like, you know, we don't, foreign affairs is not necessarily the top ranking issue that black women in particular have right now. It is an issue. We do wonder about certain things, especially now with COVID and travel bans and all these things. Um, but, and then states don't typically, aren't typically the people that step in and deal with foreign affairs. That's really a federal matter, but more and more it is becoming more, um, relevant to states because it's affecting us directly even the travel bans like i know i live in the new york area new york new jersey and now my area our governors new york new jersey and pennsylvania i believe have all banded together and said we're not even allowing people from other states to come up in here so we're like we're 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 doing and also other countries too we're not allowing them to come within our borders and i know that you living in texas um and i'm sorry let me explain that more not allowing them to come into our borders because without a 14-day quarantine because of other states not controlling their COVID numbers as well as we are. That's what it is. So they're now st starting to act a little bit like a president would with banning people from coming into the U.S. borders. But also, um, you living in Texas, there's a lot of immigration issues. There's a lot of um, travel issues there too. Um, and I know you're not necessarily living on the border of Mexico per se or anything like that, but I'm sure you have some thoughts about how immigration is being handled in Texas. Do you have anything that you want to speak to for that? Well, regarding the situation that we're in, Natasha, yesterday, our state reported over 9,000 new cases. And our governor opened the state of Texas of really COVID. early. Yes, yes, of COVID. Our state of Texas opened um, extremely early without taking into consideration data and science from the doctors as well as the CDC, which re recommended a 14-day decline. However, the state of Texas, we opened extremely too early. And now we're seeing, uh, yesterday we reported the highest number of fatalities of 105. And it's, it's an unfortunate situation that we're dealing with here, but in regards specifically to immigration, um, we should treat everyone as though we would like to be treated. In the Army, we've always um, consideration of others. And we, that's where we are today because of discrimination, disparities, injustice, mm -hmm. and 
with I was against the the building of a wall, and I just truly believe that uh, America individuals come here for a change. Right. And with the new uh, passing of the um, DACA by our Supreme Court, we're we're looking at changes that is history making for our country. Absolutely. So it's being recognized around the world, and I'm just glad that I'm here to witness it and to be a part of it. Yeah, and you're living in a state where it definitely matters. Yes. Um, So that's good to know. Um, So if you will, by the way, if you're elected, you will be the first Black veteran to serve in the Texas House of Representatives, correct? I need to correct that, Natasha. Okay, that's I'm taking a step forward, okay? Okay. okay. So there have been over 800 male veterans to serve in the Texas House of Representatives, but uh-huh. there have never been a female at all, female veteran. First, so female, black, all the above. But there have been over 800 male veterans to serve in the Texas House. Okay, well, even better because I feel like women yeah. still have more are more in tune to what is needed than other people. Just saying. Um, so I think it's interesting that even even for the, even the first female, that's yes, whatever. That's that's neither here nor there. But um, what I want to know is what um, outside of transparency, what is one of the first specific pieces of legislation or policies that you want to focus on as soon as you get in the door that affects the military families in your area? Well, I would like to focus on care for our veterans. That is a top priority because if you didn't know, we have 18 to 22 suicides per day, and that's just too much. And our veterans who serve in war deserve to have the best quality care that is is out there for them. But a piece of um, legislature that I would like to look at, we have in common, and I've been following you and looking you up. Are you ready? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Crown Act, creating a respectful (laughs) world for natural hair. And that's extremely important for me also because Um, The Army, they came with new hairstyles as well that were authorized, but uh, just a young man here in Texas who was not allowed to graduate high school, although he had outstanding grades. And we're focusing on the wrong, we have our attention on on the wrong thing, that this individual was not allowed to graduate because of their hair. And we've come too far. It's 2020, but we have to pass a law. Right. But this type of discrimination, it's an insult. Right. It's right. a true insult. And I'm sure that affects not just the military families in the area, but right. everyone in the area. Um, yes, it's a huge issue in our area. And individuals have come forth stating different um, scenarios where they felt discriminated by. Yeah. But there are some trailblazers who are currently um, serving as representatives. They have p- prepared they're prepared to take it further. Love it. And I think Texas is, there's only like six or seven states that have even passed this. So we have several others that still need to, and I believe Texas is still one, of course. Um, So I hope that maybe you are the person to introduce this (laughs) in Congress once you're elected. (laughs) Um, Okay, so you, um, 
you but there are other things also that affects my area in particular here okay. um, in house district 54 because natasha we also have to attack this minimum wage i yes. constantly say it's not a livable wage it's a starvation wage mm -hmm. and no one who's working a full-time job should have to live in poverty and we haven't adjusted the uh, minimum wage at the federal level since 2009 and it's well overdue 725 yeah we need to make sure that we're taking care of individuals to uh, keep those individuals out of the out of poverty minimum wage and i'm assuming the incumbent has not even addressed that at all <laughs> choose choose accordingly guys choose accordingly um <laughs> So they choose accordingly. You're absolutely correct. Yes. And I always say that you should educate yourself before going to the polls and make sure that you know the individual's platforms, that you know their voting history. And just do a little research and you can print out a sample ballot because come November the 3rd, excuses are out to door. It's game time. Yes. You should be prepared. When you get inside that voting booth, you have your sample ballot and know exactly who you're going to cast your vote for. And as far as here in Texas, the deadline to register for the November election is 5 October. But we have been educating um, individuals in our district to just do your research study and you are make sure that you have your sample ballot when you're going to vote. Right. Right. Please know it, guys. Um, so you received already um, endorsements from a numerous influential groups, including Democrats with disabilities. I thought that was very interesting. Um, talk to me about the importance of representing the in representing interests of constituents with disabilities. Well, Natasha, it's a uh, subject that I take dearly to heart. My daughter, when she was born, she only weighed one pound, eight ounce. I saw you say, oh. That's so and uh, that alone, it, it, she's completely deaf in one ear. And doctors told me that both of us had a 50-50 chance of living, but our God came through and we're both here today. I was also told that she would never attend a public school, but my daughter graduated with honors from the local high school here. And I'm extremely proud of her. So... And it also being a disabled vet, it's very touching to me that I have that particular group, their support, their endorsement to speak for them. Because again, it's my platform, but it's also my life. I don't have to bring in an outside person to speak because I've already lived it. And I know how dear it is. And I'm, I'm just, I'm so ready to represent that community as well but all constituents but but based on what you went through because i did read about um the the birth story of your daughter and she graduated high school a couple of years ago so congrats to her um but what i do want to know is what specifically because you've been through this so what what specifically do you feel like just even one particular issue that you feel like needs to be changed or addressed or something specific that can help out families like you, um, or families that have disabled individuals in the family. Um, what one one policy that you know should be explored, addressed, or brought up? 
even um, for the disabled individuals in my area, I've gone out and again, it's all about listening in order for you to address all concerns. And um, one family spoke to me that their son is being discriminated against because of his disabilities and just getting a, a good paying job. The jobs are not there uh, for individuals with disabilities and uh, housing for the individuals with disabilities. So those are some things that we need to ensure that, that we address here in my district 54. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, in that same realm of disability and health and things like that, I've been asking people who live in the clean area, like what, what kind of topics do you want to hear your representative talk about? And the same, the same question came up twice from these people. And they said, I would love to hear what are her thoughts on addressing the increasing mental health needs of citizens and um, in your area and budgeting toward that? Um, so basically addressing mental health in, in your district. What, what do you think needs to be done? What, what, what is missing? That's a great question. That, that's an outstanding question because it came to me as well, Natasha. Now within our district, individuals stated their concern for mental health treatment because we do have a large population of veterans that once they depart uh, the military, they reside here in the area, but the lack of treatment, mm -hmm. the lack of providers is, they have to travel from my district an hour away for treatment. And a lot of individuals, uh, they, they just don't have the resources. So treatment is, is truly missing within this area. Although we have the VA hospital, but not everyone is able to uh, receive that treatment. And not everyone is covered by insurance because we have 5 million individuals who are uninsured here in Texas. So that's why we really need to expand Medicaid, although uh, lawmakers voted against it. So you have your Medicaid expansion as well as lack of treatment, the facilities here. And, and we also need to uh, come forward and innovate a new treatment for mental health. Mm. I like that. I like that. I haven't heard anyone talk about the innovation of doing it a new way important um okay so we talked about what you would do within the first well first day or first 100 days either or <laughs> there's there's so much work to be done natasha there there's a lot of work and it's being brought to the forefront now with the unfortunate uh, death of several individuals yeah Ugh. um so when i was in college um i was in this lobbying group um called orange and maroon legislative well it was Texas lobbyists for, you know, Texas collegiate lobbyists or something like that. And we had Orange and Maroon Legislative Day. And that meant we teamed up with our rival, as you know, is University of Texas. And that was the one time that we would team up with them to actually do something together. And we would spend the week, um, like toward the end of the week in Austin, we would travel there and literally spend every day, all day at the state capitol. And wow. we knock on doors of legislators, the governor, who was actually actually an alum of our school and still wouldn't talk to us, but whatever. 
Rick Perry. Um, and it was an eye-opening experience. And it's actually why I wanted to become a lobbyist and why I went to law school, but that's a whole nother scenario. What I learned from that experience though, is that trying to talk to your legislator is damn near impossible. And I thought that that was crazy. It's like, they knew we were coming. We called ahead, you know, we, we told them what we were lobbying for, for tax-free textbooks, for lower tuition and things like that. No, people, most people would not even talk to us. Yes, we're students. Yes, we're 18, 19, 20 years old, but we're voters who live in your district. So why wouldn't you speak to us? Some did. Some were amazing and sat there and listened. Did anything that we wanted even get brought up in the Texas legislature? No, but that's beside the point. What I want to know is that from you, a complaint that I get from people everywhere when it comes to politics is, what's the point? They don't listen. You know, even if I get them in office, they're not going to listen to me. I can't just call them up and talk to them. And I can't really be mad at them about that because I've experienced it firsthand. It still is not going to stop me from voting, but I get the frustration. So what would you do differently? Or how are you going to make sure that you are always in communication with your constituents that can always have access to you and that they can feel like and truly know that you're listening? That's also a, a good point, Natasha, because it goes back to being connected with your district. And I, I have told myself when I'm elected, I'll locate my office where the majority of the constituents are and not run from them. Um, I don't like to talk about opponents and I don't like the messiness regarding politics. Right. But my opponent's office is not here in Colleen. There mm. isn't an office where the majority of the people reside so when there is an issue they'll be able to come and bring it to kiki mm. and you have to be located in an area where they feel that that open communication that that two-way communication can happen and and i constantly tell them that we need to hold individuals accountable once a session has ended i'm required to come back and brief right right and put everything on the table and let them know this is why I voted for this particular, um, whether it's a resolution or, I need to make sure that um, I am keeping my constituents up to date on everything that's going on. And as far as my voting record, I have to be able to live with it. But if they don't know, if the state representatives are not providing that information, then it's, it's not benefiting the constituents. Right. I got you. But I will ensure that my office location is in an area where individuals can travel to easily if they need to get in contact with me. Because that's, that plays a, a big role. If you can't get in contact with them, how is your voice going to be heard? Exactly. Well, y'all heard it from her straight from her mouth. She's going to make sure she is accessible right there in your face as well as in Austin. <laughs> That's leading from the front. <laughs> right, right. 
Um, so we've seen that you've, um, without even a political position, you've already started doing the work and um, you've organized a Take, Take Back Our Community March and um, volunteer with organizations who raise awareness about sex trafficking and sexual abuse, um, which are extremely important. And we've seen celebs like Halle Berry and people like that speak on Capitol Hill even about sex trafficking and, and harassment and abuse and things like that. Um, I do think that a lot of times issues like that are overlooked um, because of simply because of the makeup of Congress and obviously the makeup of the Texas House of Representatives as well. It's it's going to take someone who actually cares, who can actually relate in some way, shape, or form, either because they're a woman or because they've experienced it in some way themselves. What do you feel like? What would you use from your experiences in volunteering and doing all the work you've already done? How will you flip those things into actual legislation? Well, what I'm doing now, Natasha, I don't know if you reviewed uh, the show last week. I spoke with family members of Javier Ambler, Michael Dean, and uh, James Scott Reed. Okay. All of the families lost loved ones at the hands of law enforcement. And just listening to the, the families and, and them not having closure regarding the loss of their family members, there are several things that I can take from those experiences and from conversations with those particular family members and take it to Austin with me. Of course, uh, the House passed a, uh, a bill that has gone over to the, the Senate uh, due to the death of George Floyd, but regarding no-knock warrants and the chokeholds. Um, Javier Ambler, he begged for his life and um, his family. They were able to review the recording of his death. However, Michael Dean, his family, his death was December 2nd, 2019. They have yet to review the death of, of uh, Christine Dean has yet to uh, have closure with the death of her son because the video recording is has not been released. Right. So these are incidents where in working with the families now, I, I have this information to make change and they must hold me accountable. When you see something, say something and I'm ready to say something, make change, make action. <laughs> right. And you've done more than I think the incumbents and, and people are already there. <laughs> so here we are. Um, oh, by the way, do you feel like voter suppression is an issue in your area? Well, within our area, there isn't a, a particular poll that you have to go to. You can go to any location and vote. And dealing with the different forms of IDs, Voter suppression is experienced well across uh, the state of Texas. And now with the pandemic and the state turning down the mail-in ballots and putting voters, yes, putting voters at risk to go to the polls rather than approving that uh, we can mail in our ballots. So it's evident here in Texas. Right, right. And we have our, 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 individuals who uh, maybe their immune system, um, but they can write in 
or exceptions, but we have to take care of our people constantly. People over politics. We must, must take care of the people first. Right. right. And I'm hoping that that's going to be also on your long list of, of legislative goals that you want to attack once you're elected is all these little voter suppression methods that they're, that they're enacting everywhere. Yes. Okay. yes. okay, so I want to do something with you called Fast Fab Five. And I do it with our celebs, but I wanted to like... Oh, God. I know, right? <laughs> but I wanted to adjust it for our political friends that come to the show. Um, and so what I want you to do is just say the first thing that comes to mind. It's more fun. We will not hold it against you. Oh, my gosh, Natasha. <laughs> People still have to vote for me. <laughs> No matter what your answer is, people are going to like it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, you ready? Okay. All right. If you could unilaterally decide the new official Texas state food, what would it be? The new Texas state food. What should it be? Uh... I'm kind of Texas. I don't want to say like a. Uh, I love burritos because so I I do not eat. Uh, I I don't eat meat, so <laughs> that's like a question that <laughs> I'm limited well, on a selection. See, you know what? Your vegetarian or vegan and vegan constituents might be here for that. So you're. <laughs> All right, if you could unilaterally decide the new official Texas State movie, what would it be? Here are two choices, Selena or Fighting Temptations, starring Beyonce, who's from, who's from Houston, Texas. Bring it, Queen B. <laughs> Fighting Temptations. Who'd you rather if Texas could have its own president, vice president for the state. Say, say the state can now have its own president, vice president. You know how y'all are in Texas. Y'all like to do y'all own thing. Oh would my gosh. I have choices for you. I have choices for you. Would it be President Beyonce and VP Megan Thee Stallion? Or would it be President Jamie Foxx and VP Michael Strahan? All Texas natives. Oh gosh. I have to go with the. Uh, I'm sorry, ladies. I <laughs> I have to go with with Jamie Fox. Why are we going with Jamie Fox? Why are we going with them? <laughs> I'm gonna let it go. I'm gonna let it go. Megan might be too busy doing other things. So yeah. If you do, you like going up in her career and. Uh, <laughs> She's busy. <laughs> and, and Beyonce's platform, her voice, what she's doing now, she she really have a positive effect on where she's at currently. Right. So <laughs> she can be on the staff because she has a a great um, platform right now on her own. And instead of being it's amazing, right? Instead of having her hands tied in politics. Um, okay, so if you could, do you watch Real Housewives and stuff like that? Are you a Real Housewives fan? Okay. Yes, yes. If you could pick any housewife to be your running mate, not saying that Texas legislators have running mates, but say you say they did, who would it be? Of course, Nene. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a 
hot mess of a kid. <laughs> like, okay. And the last question is, what do you equate, if you had to say Texas is like X, like some reality show? Oh my goodness, Natasha. What is Texas like to you? Do I get examples? I would say a Real Housewives or Married to Medicine, all the professionals. Um, rich Kids of Beverly Hills, but Texas style, things like that. Due to it being a constantly red, it is a red state. Uh, I'll go with the Rich Kids of Beverly Hills. <laughs> And I love Real Housewives of Dallas, so y'all are covered there, so. <laughs> okay, all right. All right, so what else, what else is it that you want to make sure our readers know and our listeners know about you and your campaign? Well, I also want to bring attention to uh, the 2020 census because it's very important that everyone completes their 2020 census because it determines the congressional representation and it was mailed out earlier this year, but it's easy. You can go online and complete the form because the redistricting next year is going to be extremely important. There are several districts here in Texas that are extremely gerrymandered. And so we need to ensure that individuals, one, they're completing that census, and then they're putting the right people in office so that they can speak for them and we can clean up all the gerrymandering that is uh, known here in our state. Mm -hmm. And another thing, Natasha, I, I really wanna thank you for having me on today. Um, I retired Valentine's Day of last year. Nice, uh, <laughs> the sweetest day of the year. And I've been just on an amazing journey. Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying speaking to the constituents in my area. But running a campaign is extremely uh, costly. <laughs> yeah. The donations, if anyone would like to donate, yeah. it's kikifortexas.com. My social media handles are all Kiki for Texas. And um, let's do it. The time yeah. for change is now. Uh, uh, you, there are classes where if individuals would like to get out to register voters to vote and make a difference that way. But being on the sidelines is not the cool thing <laughs> right now. We need to make sure that we get everyone into the game, right. off the bench, and we make a difference come November. Yes, yes. Um, so like she said, donations. I checked it out. It's super easy. You can do it from your phone. You can do it from your computer. Super easy um, widget on her website where you could just donate small sum, big sum, whatever kind of sum you want, and you do not have to be her constituent to donate. And as you all know, money helps win, win elections. Like we all know that you could be the most bomb <laughs> candidate on earth, but if people don't know you exist <laughs> because you didn't have the money to let them know you exist, then it doesn't matter. So please donate if you want to support Kiki. And of course, please vote. Um, the primaries already happened for, for Texas, right? So um, well, there, there's a runoff that individuals they didn't secure in March, 50% of the votes. So we're now in the runoff elections, but I've already succeeded uh, my primaries in March. So I'll be on the presidential ballot come 3 November. Yes. And, uh, She's the official Democrat. Oh, yes. 
All right. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and I think that's all I have, but I definitely wanted to say thank you for doing this. Um, you are, you know, one of our one of our first uh, interviews for this vertical, and I'm just so excited to get this going, and especially with people like you. So I'm proud of you, and I'm definitely wishing you luck on everything that you do. So thank, thank you. Thank you, and Natasha, like I said when we started, please continue to do what you're doing, because although you may not be aware of it, your platform, it really got me through some times while I was deployed, and just being able to log on and read uh, what's going on in our United States of America when you're at war or in contingency and uh, supporting different things yeah. overseas, it really makes a difference because you just really want to be at ease. And there are some times where you just go alone and, and, and just log on and read uh, your page. It, it really <laughs> it made a difference. So I really wanted you to know that. Yes. So much. And what did you say again about the nine about the nine important seats? There are nine seats uh, within the Texas House that we're really focusing on flipping so that we can turn uh, the house red to blue. Yes. So and that means all the policies that we care about, you know, all the injustices that we're seeing and we're trying to get solutions for. We can only create policy if people like Kiki and people that we believe in are in place to make those changes. And okay. to have those hard discussions. Yes, yes. Uh, to, to bring it to Austin and represent the diversity in our, our district. Right, right. Love it. Well, thank you again. And um, please check out our website, Kiki, kikifortexas.com, correct? It's K-E-K-E-F-O-R, Texas. Dot com. Um, I, Natasha, I must go into this. You know, a lot of times I go to town halls and, and the first thing that they would like to say is, are you the Kiki Drake was singing about? Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's the first thing. <laughs> and I wanted to tell you also, um, the, I'm a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, and I was told that the Deltas, uh, the Delta Alumni Group in um, Colleen would love to know about you and would love to know more about you. They have a social action committee that they literally, this is what they do. They, they find candidates, support them and things like that. So I would love to introduce them to you and you to them if, if, if you're interested. But of course. Yes. Of course. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Let's do it, Natasha. <laughs> we'll make it happen. All right. Well, thank you again so much for everything. We're going to have Kiki's website in the description box on any platform that you're watching or listening to. Uh, please like, comment, subscribe, all that ish that y'all know that y'all usually do. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. Um, visit the website, theybf.com. Make sure you keep up with us on all platforms as well as with Kiki. So thank you again. And thank you. You have a nice day. Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening and watching. Yeah.